At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm doing everything I can. And stop calling me Shirley. The center has to be at least three times bigger than this. Live tasting here for a cold open. It's going to be riveting. You heard the can. It is everyone's favorite. The ever popular. What is it? Heady Topper. Heady Topper. Topper. Which I just found out about today. And apparently it's number six, according to what was it? Beer enthusiast? I think beer advocates. Beer advocates. Also, I kind of have a a little bone to pick with that name because beer enthusiasts make a lot more sense. I don't know who needs to be advocating for beer. I just, <laughs> I, I just thought of that. I don't think it needs many saviors. I, no. I don't think it needs many people. All right, let me do this. Let's right. see how it is. I'm nervous because I, I want to be impressed, but I also don't want to have sunk in myself too deep into the, it's going to be amazing and not just like a beer. I think that it's so one of those things that at, as a beer person, as you take this sip, I'll fill the gap. As a beer person, I like going to breweries. I like drinking good beer. Good beer is just good beer. And I'm wondering if this number six that Winnie just finished up is going to be different or if people have just all been like, yeah, it's the best ever. And then you just keep saying, oh, yeah, that's the best ever. So it's a double IPA, but it doesn't have that bite at the end. It's pretty pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. Number six. I don't I don't think I've tried enough on the list to even there's one after it named SR seventy one and I'm like, where are these beers coming from? I guess you have to like go to the trials and be a beer sommelier for years, but Yeah, did they good. did it's that good. beer write and produce the song right now? Possibly off the Tony Hawk soundtrack? Tony Hawk one or two X. I think they <laughs> this beer definitely advocated for it, at least. It was a huge <laughs> that's, advocate that's, that's for that song. <laughs> Wait, what, what's the name of that one? Heady Top? Heady Topper. Heady Topper, okay. From the Alchemist, of- the Alchemist Vermont. It's 8%. It's pretty, the Alchemist. So it's pretty good. It it's covers a point. Each, each kind of sector of entertainment. The Alchemist, one of the all-time books of all time. Beer advocates, making sure you know about that book. Go better yourself. Read The Alchemist. Really opens your mind. Get existential with it. Mm-hmm. Or there's definitely Spark Notes if you want the quick version. There probably but, is. Yeah, you probably read an article. Oh no, there <laughs> are. The yeah. <laughs> you can get the exact same experience with a lot less pages, and that's on books. But <laughs> big book no, guy. I, I like books. I'm not an audiobook guy. I never do that as we're recording. As two people who literally yes, cannot get enough of podcasts, I am I'm, also not an audiobook guy. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because if I'm going to read a book, it's the same reason I'm not a Kindle guy. If I'm reading a yeah, book, yeah. it's because I need the disconnect, get off a screen, and I'm taking yeah. up those that I'm a paperback guy. You know, same. not a hardcover guy because I'm not rich. Paperback guy. I'll take, you know, a little paperback. Keep reading. Yeah. I like I but I, the thing with paperbacks is I don't like to bend the pages and I don't like to I don't like to use the pages themselves as the bookmarks because I think it devalues the book. I think the book needs to stay in its pristine state. I just bend and hold. You, you resell the books? Big, no, I just like to put them on the shelf so people edition, think that right? I'm think that I'm smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah, but so they look needed to get to that one. Yeah. So there's some clear wear and tear on them, but they're not like disgusting like a fourth grader brings home their books. There's, you know, there's I mean, a clear what difference. Are you doing, what were it's you like, doing to books beforehand like when you decided to make this marked decision in your life? Writing page 71 and then writing somewhere on page 71, page 96, and then writing on page 96, page four, and then drawing a dick on page four. <laughs> that's what uh, I was doing. okay okay at first I, I did not know about that method i knew about drawing you know decks yeah. on i i guess i would say inner cover inner cover was always the go-to i feel like inner cover was a place to find out who had the book and also see like a bunch of signatures from people oh no ours was like who had the book but then yeah you see and i i 
I paused on Dick because you know there there are other things that you could draw in there too. They're way more exciting, There's, especially you, with when you're in say like middle school, high school. You know the names that are that had previously yeah. had the books. So if you see a little nod, or maybe even just the classic mustache on a picture mustache of a, is a great. you know like female. George Washington, yeah, or, or, just a or yeah. yeah, yeah, like any of that. Then you go through and you decide who you think drew the mustache. Yeah. Good stuff. Just sunglasses on somebody. It's like, damn, look at this personality. Wow. Look at this guy. Yeah. Someone was paying the, attention. The education system is a wonder. <laughs> it is a great miracle-filled place that people get out of, of there knowing dreams. things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but speaking of books, I actually pre-ordered Tommy Segura's, which I'm going to get soon. That one, actually, I'm glad you mentioned it because... That also is what I was going to say about my book collection is there are things that you would be like, oh, he he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. And then other ones. I'm not. I'm going to stop you there because that is a tagline for something. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. That is like all states slogan. That's literally J.K. Simmons says that on commercials. (laughs) Because we've seen a thing or two. I wasn't letting that go by. We are farmers. Is it farmers? Maybe. Yes. Sure. Who cares? Um, Either way. Regardless, all I was going to say is that I would say probably a good 30% of the books on our bookshelf are just nonsense comedy related. (laughs) Like two (laughs) books by Judd Apatow, a Seth Rogen, a Whitney Cummings. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a little bit of a a mix there, but all comedy based. And we should talk about Tom Segura's book because that's something mm-hmm. I am very excited to. I know. Ready? I'm going to take back everything I said. Listen yeah. to. Oh, no. Well, because he's doing the recording, right? I well, think it's gonna he be- and like, you're probably going to get Bert in there. You're going to get oh, other God. people. So it's going to be like a live podcast reading of his book. I don't think you would get Bert because if you got Bert, you would get him going off on like he wouldn't read it. He would be like, oh, oh, I was there for this. Um, (laughs) And how much would that bring up the value of the audiobook, though? If you had that, that would be so smart. And, you know, the the publishing house that had Segura do this book is has to be down with everything Segura, everything comedy podcast related, because they know the reason that they decided to publish it is because you have the audience. So that yeah. would actually be the best decision for them is to have Bert come in and have Christina come in and just riff while they read certain parts of the book. They're like, oh, this isn't part of it, but but I'm just gonna let you know I was there. <laughs> this was okay, okay. So when it would literally be a seven hour long book. Something reading. you gotta know. Oh, and- I wonder if there I wonder if there's gonna be like a director's cut. What if there's a director's <laughs> would, cut audio that version? That would be incredible. If there was an uncut audio version. That was 15 hours long because Bert just kept drinking during it and going off. And every single time that Tom messed up, probably like when you're reading something, you're just going to mess up, even if it's your own writing. Every time. Just hearing him just drop F-bombs every, I don't know, five words. Having the unabridged, unedited version, that would be fantastic. (laughs) But I think... Release the Segura cut. We went. We want the Segura cut. We, we did this for things that nobody wanted. So let's do it for something that matters. Yeah, yeah. So that is something that you guys can check out. It's called "Let Me." I'd like to play alone, please, by Tom Segura. That's it, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a lot of stories about his kids, which I think will be interesting because now he's we're starting to get more stories in his stand-up and on the podcast about his kids. And for some reason, I cannot stop just dying of laughter when they talk about their kids. For some reason, the voice. Yeah. Like, I should not know the voice of some random guy's son. <laughs> that, his <laughs> Julia voice is just like, hey, fuck face. It's <laughs> like this five-year-old kid. Kids, yeah. I can't Literally wait to four. hear about that. I know. That's going to be amazing. I, I'm very excited for that, and I hope... I need another YMH live at some point too. But have you we'll ever done one of the? Have you actually bought one of the YMH lives? Yeah. Okay. Because I need to at some point. But to be honest, they are, the only reason I haven't changing. Like, yeah, I, I won't watch the heavy segment. I I <laughs> cannot do any of that stuff. 
I tried my best. Yeah, I tried. And for those listening, the heavy segment, uh, we're talking about your mom's house podcast, which we've talked about a bunch. But if you're newer or just don't know, it's Tom Segura and Christina Pease, his uh, podcast. And they essentially do these live shows. They did it during COVID to make money. And it was kind of like a first mover. And they show these videos that are like the old pain Olympics, the old... I don't even know, like the the yeah. grossest of the gross that you can't show on YouTube, you can't show anywhere. So they show them at a, to a live audience and they broadcast them and you could rent them for a few days afterwards. And yeah. that's just something we've, I've talked about on this podcast before. I could not get down with <laughs> horrible, <laughs> hilarious. It's all horrible to me. It is all horrible, and it gets so much worse. It's it's nothing that oh, you dude, would want to dive into. I can't imagine. I've never been. I've I've. Je- I guess I actually do understand when people are like, "Yeah, I, I'm into the," or maybe not. I'm into it, but when you're together with a group of guys and you're younger, you watch the crazy stuff because you want to prove to your friends, like, "Oh, I can watch this." I've never had any interest in that. Like the the dudes that are like, let's oh, watch the, the Pain Olympics or watch the, the Gauntlet yeah. or whatever. Get no. out of here. It was never fun. That's why I, I watch it for a little and then I'm just like, there's a fast forward button. We could just do that. Yeah. We could just send this along on its way. I like that a good day. time, you know? Yeah. Let yeah me have fun. I like to enjoy myself. I like that. Which fun. is <laughs> it's just what a lot of people did. I mean... Do we want to jump into Morby? Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do that. So, uh, yeah, everyone pre-ordered Tom Segura's book. I think that we'll probably definitely talk about it after we either read it or audio listen to it. I yeah, I'm still not sure. I do think I'm going to do audio, but I yeah, you know, I like reading at the end of the night, so I might just get the the paper copy. Yeah. So over the uh, the weekend, or maybe even last weekend, Sony. Pulled, I'll call it an unprecedented move. I think it is. Well, I, I don't know that I've ever seen something like this before. I, I movies have been re-released, but no, no. Go for it. Yeah, I was gonna I, say. I know where you're going. The unprecedented part is generally large, extremely depending on what you want to call successful. Let's call it from a financial standpoint. Successful movie studios won't get memed into re-releasing a movie with a yeah a huge huge brand like Marvel. Oh, but they did. They 100% did. I don't know who on their social media team wasn't listening to the 24-year-old who's telling them like it's not real traction, guys. Yeah. Like they don't want this. Well, that's that's something that we should definitely set the stage Morbius. for. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, and I'm I'm not on Twitter or anything, but apparently the the internet was kind of ablaze for a while. It was one of those things where there were just kind of like per, well, perennial, like every day memes would show up and they would f- like hand fist ways into saying Morbin time. It's <laughs> 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 just, just so funny. It was just that one ad that set everybody off, and then there's there's the memes where it's like <laughs> there's one line in it where he says like they're like who are you man? He's like I'm Venom, and everyone's just like me in the theater when I was laughing at his line, like oh like everyone fucking just. But we know he's not Venom. I was like, oh, Jesus. They are in a hole they cannot climb out of. Yeah. Like, so just... Essentially, it was people clowning them. And the vast majority yeah. of people clowning the movie probably didn't see the movie. They just know that it's laughable. So Sony decides it's obviously a move in the no press is bad press. Or whatever that saying is, that that's essentially the the moral of the story is if people are talking about you, it doesn't matter if it's bad or good. People are talking about you, so you should capitalize. Yeah. And I you said that someone on the social media team didn't listen to the 24-year-old. And I think that there's we're gonna look back on it because I think a lot of people, I think that's what you should think. Like there was probably yeah. some young person at the company that was like, do not do this. Or maybe they didn't want to speak up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we're either going to know that this was the case of older people not truly having an understanding of Twitter, but this is the, I want to work through a take with you. Okay. Because I don't think that's the case. I think that. I think I know where you're headed. Probably because it's it's not too crazy. I think that maybe people at Sony, even if they were older, I think they do have a pulse and they knew it was getting dragged, but they thought if we try to re-release this, maybe there would almost be a sympathy angle to it when people think about this movie because there is such a heavy distaste for this movie, 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, unlike anything you could see out of a Marvel content-driven movie. There, they could either go out without a fight, they could get dragged, no one watch it, or they could capitalize being like, hey, you remember that one time that Sony got memed into re-releasing the movie? That kind of sucks. I thought you were going to go a different way. I thought you were going to go, those guys upstairs have a pulse because they intentionally planned the memeing of this from the start where it's like (laughs) we don't know we know that this is going to be a bomb yeah so to get people in the seats a little bit let's meme the shit out of it okay you know what that's not a bad idea because let's just meme the fuck out of this because we don't like it it's not up to more more like marvel standards yeah Let's just make it a joke and have people go for the joke. I think that they would. I think they knew it was ultimately going to be kind of polarizing. And I think especially I'm sure when they started getting the dailies, they started realizing it was just going to be kind of an odd movie. Yeah. Um, and, and probably when they got the final cut, I do want now. Now I'm almost thinking to your right? way. Let's now let's work through this together because okay. I wonder if what they did was tried to create another news event with it. So. They had the initial reception, which was terrible. Yep. Very polarizing. Then they did the new event, re-released it, got dragged again, but it got even more people talking about it. Exactly. That makes it more memorable and potentially gets more eyes to it. Granted, that didn't actually happen. That's the whole thing behind this new story. (laughs) Exactly. But does this turn into the room for Marvel? Is that their plan? Did they have people tweeting about it because they know it can be a cult classic and something like that needs to be driven? A cult classic in this day and age can start from a polarizing movie having so much internet craze getting re-released and bombing again. I don't know. I think it's just the lore of how can you bomb twice? And then there's people (laughs) online like, I just want to read you this, which was like four days ago. (laughs) Yeah. Jared Leto's Mr. Miss Dr. Michael Morbon Gussie Morbius <laughs> is the closest interpretation of God will ever reach. <laughs> that was so good. It goes on for three paragraphs like a thematic essay. Are you serious? <laughs> I swear to God. So everyone's is- just been having fun with it. And honestly, oh, dude, if if you are right, that that means that Sony's executives or whoever whoever was in charge of this at Sony mm-hmm. was bred in the internet. And I do think oh, that people yeah. are old enough now that were bred in the internet. That could be there to at least guide them in that decision because they know movies like this, if people, especially we've never really had a movie like this of this stature being a Marvel Sony movie other than, I, I don't know, Venom, but Venom was a good enough movie. We've never had this bad of an institutional movie that in reality, if they knew that people started talking about it, they would get the rest of the internet to join. Yeah, I think you need, it's basically like having having a click farm, but now click farms are like TikTok influencers and not even influencers, random people who know how to like strike it. They know how to strike it. You can have like a 19 year old randomly, you can say, hey, this is somebody's son. This is somebody that we know. Make a TikTok. Make it this way. Make it look organic. Like have a semi-shitty quality to it. Yeah. And just have that roll and roll. And you do the Morbius. I was just dying laughing because I still have these reviews up for some reason. And this this one is literally just a four four paragraph description of Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it is this just weird. It, it's yeah. The peak of internet as we know it 
and it's attacking yeah. and inst- like I'm, I'm calling I'm going to call it a blue chip movie because it's a Marvel movie yeah. to have this badly reviewed of a blue chip movie getting all of these memes and these this this internet action there's value to that and if they did understand that then good for them did they probably I, not i'd like to think that they're smart like that i yeah. really would yeah. because that would be really cool for it to come out and they teach that in classes they're like look if your project's gonna sh- like suck here's how you can organically spin it to at least make some of your money back and also have it be remembered because if i agree but it's likely that if this doesn't happen this movie's gone in a month nobody remembers it nobody yeah. cares They're i also like, think that, that that only works for like a marvel though i think that only works for a huge name or a, a really big release because well yeah i mean we see this have that. yeah we see this all the time with very low budget it's generally horror comedies yeah you know that they'll be outlandish and ridiculous and bad, but that's kind of the point, and that's why they get those cult followings. Mm-hmm. That's why they probably, you know, I like, I like. The you take. know what's happening now with it, where it's <laughs> you've seen the Jurassic World previews, right? Yeah, and I don't hate them. So all of them include one thing, at least one time, if not three times. Chris Pratt doing what? Jeff Goldblum. Chris not Pratt not doing, doing Jeff Goldblum, but that that would Chris be a Pratt that would be a different just, kind of movie. Just putting his hand up like this. <laughs> That's, well, I'm convinced from the trailers that it's ninety percent of the movie. How is else is he going to stop him. Velociraptors from attacking him? <laughs> I mean, don't be it's, ridiculous. It's starting to turn into a similar Morbius thing where I've seen a lot of videos where it's like <laughs> him talking to the Velociraptor. It's just like Chris Pratt puts up hand. Blue, this isn't you. Like all those comments. <laughs> and I'm just, oh, I'm loving it. Because I know that movie is going to be at least better than expected. I mean, I've been a big Jurassic Park fan since the day it came out. It's almost like Obi-Wan where it's like you have that at, like you have that nostalgic sense yeah. because both of yeah. the casts are kind of there together. So there's not going to be, I'm not going to find it objectively bad because it's still like, hey, we're going back to this universe, but it's also at the same time, will I rate it higher than maybe somebody who's being objective? Absolutely. A million well, times out of 10. Yeah. And so actually, I I forgot to ask you this. Let's do this live. Should yeah. we do Jurassic World next week? Ooh. I can see it. Yeah. I don't know that we should so we'll, we'll we watch should, it, and I, we'll watch I do it think, we'll see. you know what, the reason that I think we should is, one, because it's supposed to be the end of an era, and who knows if that's actually going to be it. It's supposed to be the last Jurassic Park Yeah, that's movie. what they say. Well, probably not. I did not like the first Jurassic World at all, so I have not seen the second one. However, okay. you know, if it's supposed to be the end of Jurassic Park... That's a massive moment in movie history, so we're. I'm going to go watch it. If it's worth yeah. talking about, we'll talk about it. I think that a lot of people are going to go see it, though, because there does seem to be an energy and just an excitement around going to movies right now because of Top Gun. Yeah, I think it's been building and it like peaked at Top Gun right now where everybody's just like enjoying themselves in the theater. Yeah, and I think it. I really think it's gonna hurt Jurassic World coming out around the same time as Top Gun. Do you mean they should critically? Come out, do you mean critically? No, no, or, no. Release wise, they oh, should have come out around August, hundred percent. I don't think so. I think that they're gonna ride off the coattails of people being like, "Oh, I remember that old movie that I loved. Like that movie, going to the movies, that experience was awesome Hold. for Top Gun Maverick. Let's do it again for Jurassic World." Question for you: Are are we now entering a new era of nostalgia? Like, are we entering an era of nostalgia not only for the movie theater experience, but also the movie theater experience with these recognizable brands? Where it's like, this is how they get us back, dude. We've been in that for like the I'm last not, fifteen years. Not fifteen, I would say. Probably I think right 15. now is they're capitalizing it on it so much more than they have been. Yeah, and I'm saying that I think that Jurassic World specifically is going to benefit from the one very, very successful outcome of it just releasing a few weeks ago. And I think, judging by the box office numbers, people have already seen Top Gun Maverick, so they're ready to go back. They like That's not still on their watch list. 
Yeah, but I'm going to read you a few things, okay? About a few things that came out this year that I think are playing on this more than years in the past, okay? So one, the Batman. People want a fucking Batman movie. It's been like 10, 15 years, okay? Top Gun Maverick. It's been 20 plus years. Avatar, who knows how long it's been. It's coming out this year. Lightyear, Toy Story. People want more Toy Story. I'm on a roll here. <laughs> I'm raising my hand for the. I know the you are sitting at home. Jurassic Park. Okay, go for it. Tell me what am I doing wrong? You're not realizing that uh, there was a global pandemic that delayed every single one of these releases that you're talking about, <laughs> and they all moved to this year. <laughs> Why are all these massive releases coming out in the same year? Yeah. Well, this is why they have peer reviews, Kevin. This is, <laughs> this is, I tried to warn not you. All, I raised not my all, hand. Not all theories are solid, okay? I like it, though. I see, this is what we do. We we throw out theories, we throw out takes, and we flesh them through. I started going somewhere completely different, and then you steered me in the right direction of that Sony take. I <laughs> yeah, needed to let like, you know that... Top Gun got Top Gun was supposed to be released three years ago. <laughs> yeah, so we would have gotten a steady flow of all of this naturally. <laughs> no, no, I, I get being... what you're saying though. There, as of recent, and I'm obviously just messing with you. As of no, recent, there definitely is a a huge like a, nostalgia factor going Obi-Wan, on in the theaters, like Ghostbusters Afterlife or whatever. Yeah, Obi Wan hammering it down, like, definitely. But may I, just be for us too, because it's like. No, I mean, I think it's for the average moviegoer, too, because all of those all those properties are generally for, you know, people are around our parents age. But we just, Mm -hmm. you know, massive movies like that doesn't really matter how old you are. There's going to be a certain sense of nostalgia for the people that they were kids when it got released. But I know good movies are good movies. Um, I, I just really think that Jurassic World is going to massively massively benefit from Top Gun Maverick getting the reception that it did just a few weeks ago. I agree. I I mean, I can't disagree with that. I think Top Gun Maverick kind of changed the game when it comes to movie going now, especially in the summer. It's just like we know what can be done. Yeah. Because it's not only Tom Cruise's new release. It's his biggest release of all time. So... Well, and it hits waves too, you know? Like, especially after COVID, people were... There's been some spotty times where movies have been released so and generally you know maybe the average moviegoer will go what twice a year maybe three times a year is Um, that average i i to be honest i don't know i'm just trying to think of like you know regular people how much they would actually go to see a new release i think top gun maverick got people out and then it's what i just think of as uh i don't know let's call it a psychological event where you go you're you actually get yourself to go and be a part of this communal experience of watching an awesome movie and enjoying around people. And you're like, damn, I want to do that again. Like when's the next movie coming out? Well, it's coming out two weeks from now. And it's another movie that you used to love way back in the day. Exactly. Boom, I'm in. Like, is it going to oh, suck? Oh, you want a banger? Yeah. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> like, I, did you think it was a good banger? No. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm probably too critical of the first one just because I know I went in with super high hopes and then just got disappointed. So I didn't even give the second one the benefit of the doubt, but I'll go in this one with low expectations and then I think that's what's needed. Honestly, I think that's what we have to start doing is just going in with the bottomless pit of expectations and coming out on top. Yeah. Because I think that's what normal people do. We mentioned it at... A little bit during the middle there with our nostalgia talk with Obi-Wan. And Mm -hmm. something I'm thinking is, you know, our episodes are coming out Tuesday. The episodes are getting released Wednesday. So maybe we just recap what we felt about the last episode. Kind of the big things that happened, especially with this last one, because it's the first one where it was just one release. You're all caught up. Episode three. So... Um, if you're not, if you didn't watch episode three, just skip ahead to Monty Python. You can use the timestamps, yeah. but you had, you split it in half and you were at a point where I was very excited for you to finish up because a big theme of this episode was 
Darth Vader finally getting mm-hmm. fully formed. So I don't know, somewhere in the middle, maybe the first quarter of the episode, you see Vader kind of getting put together. All of the bionic arms getting put on, his suit getting put on. Yep. And that gets you jacked up. Especially Winnie. I know it got him jacked up because oh, absolutely. he loved the episode, had to pause it, but shot me a text, was just like, dude, I'm so excited. I had watched <laughs> the whole thing and I was like, man, you don't even know. <laughs> like, oh, if, yeah. you, if you were excited about gear getting put on, you're going to be excited about the end. It was kind of crazy. I mean, I didn't expect where that was going. First of all, Vader just coming in, murking people in the town. Yep. Holy shit. Dude, That's a side that we haven't seen, I don't think, since, what was it, um, Rogue One? No, I mean, he was even just, worse because... Like that battle scene? It wasn't were just civilians. Yeah. He was doing the battle scene to people who were trying to kill him or at least oh, do yeah. something to him in a, a war sense, but he's just walking through this town just killing just, innocent people. Literally, just some dude, he just pulls him out, chokes him out. Now, that one family, I feel so bad. God, like, I feel it for The that, dad dude. got choked out, and the kids, he just went, like, just snapped him. Just snapped him in half. For what? Making probably the most the- hated, or th- I would say the most successful, question mark, superhero of all time, and Darth Vader, the most recognizable, one of the most famous uh, yeah, sorry, I think absolutely. I said superhero, super villains of all time. Actually villainous. Like actually oh, true evil at his core. The weird thing is, for some reason, I'm always like, no, he's gonna turn it around. I'm like, no, I have actually <laughs> seen all the movies. He's not. He does That's at the, the end. Thing. Well, at the all the way at the end, after he kills everyone. He looks kind of gross. Yeah, because he's old. <laughs> but he's always looked gross, dude. I, well, that's the crazy thing is like seeing that stuff, seeing him put the legs on and everything, and then seeing him kind of like not fight to his full potential against Obi-Wan was kind of crazy. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, he's not going full force. No, I know. Yeah. So like that, that was a f- nice little teaser of where we yeah. could have known that we were going, but the the getting geared up is just, it's a yeah. pure nostalgia play probably, but it's, it's what the people want to see. And throughout the episode, we have some nice drama between what's going to happen with, with Obi and Leia, which I am enjoying personally. Yeah. I'm enjoying like the kind of story building there. I think I, I saw some article where someone said they thought it was slower, that they're disappointed with that aspect. I'm personally not. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. But then to to have Darth Vader coming in, dude, I know that it's a six episode series, but for some reason it still feels so new that I was just yeah. shocked to see it happening. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. And especially when it's like he's burning him when he he's the one who got burned because of obi-wan like even that little thing i was just like holy shit like this is uncharted territory that we haven't seen before in this yeah especially like in the third episode you know yeah like we don't get things well episode three anakin burned do you think that they did obi-wan burning in episode three connection Ah, easter eggs yeah it's an easter egg bro the episodes if you want Easter eggs, you're at the wrong podcast. I'm sure you all know that by now, though. Yeah, there's a lot of TikTokers that do that. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. even though we're their- the facts guys about comedy podcasts or comedy movies, but yeah, that's their whole job, though. That's kind of great. That would be awesome, but at the same time, that's a lot of Easter eggs to keep track of. Where do they find them? That's that's actually something that has interested me in the past because I know yeah. that I. I was even thinking, like I said, about doing a, a pretty proper segment on the the episodes or whatever. I think that we're better at reaction. I think that's not. Yeah. I don't think people would come here for that that the Easter egg thing. Yeah. So it it gives me uh, a, a good feeling knowing that. But then I was thinking, like the people that are relied on as Easter egg people, there has to be one source of just yeah. ultimate nerddom that tweets it out or like just posts an article right away. And then you get like the the outer circle of people. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, like because uh, there are so many articles that have the Easter eggs. Obviously, there there ultimately is one source. Yeah, it's just where does this information come from? It's like is there it's an George inside Lucas. source at Disney who's just like releasing it sporadically to people? He's just 
reaching out to the six best TikTokers, and he's like, "Hey, I got some shit for you." The Luke man's hitting up. What's, yeah. who's, who's your guy that you said be Straw Hat Goofy? Straw Hat Goofy. Yeah, he's yeah. hitting up Straw Hat Goofy, being like, "Dude, gotta point this out. It's blue milk." Look, yeah. If you saw that one guy, literally, there was a clip that he put up, and it's like, if you see this one guy in the back. You can tell that like it's this person from the comics and all this stuff yeah. and they make a what? Well, that's also Did you go frame by frame of this episode. <laughs> like, how are we getting there? That is I, I'm telling you, I really do think it's one specific person that has to disseminate the information and everyone else is probably way more knowledgeable than us. But yeah. I think it's a dissemination from information from that. But yeah, I mean, episode three was Awesome, I thought. It was great. Could not believe I saw Darth Vader just dragging Obi-Wan Kenobi through Smirking fire. People. Um, yeah. And then them getting away. Uh, well, he didn't have to let him get away. He did let well, him it was, get away. He's obviously. like, let me just prolong this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have three more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what must be done. <laughs> Do it. Prolong. Do it. Make prolong more season. money. Do it. <laughs> do it for capitalism do it for the bees <laughs> oh there we go hey. he's not gonna strike out this episode folks let's say no, that much. i'm not um all right so we'll go on to monty python unless you have anything no i think you should watch the boys i think it's awesome I just oh yeah wait what else episodes. we're caught up on holy shit one of my uh they go even crazier this the first 10 minutes I do. There's, I actually would need to watch all of it, but really, um, the the one thing that I was going to do with the update on was just to mention to you that it, it was before I had watched episode two. But yeah. Stranger Things episode one, you watched all the Stranger Things, right? Yeah, 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 dude. Episode one was like legitimately scary, and I was almost out. I was like, okay, not really? watching season four. What, the the Bones thing? No, not so much the Bones thing as much as for some reason the mom um, half demon face and then the dad. I, you might not even remember because now even after season episode two, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to watch this. But there was some Oh, like, no, I remember when Chrissy was in that like dream state. Yeah, and she saw exactly. Them, like the dad with their eyes yep. and stuff sewed up. It was yeah, just unsettling. Very unsettling, and I was like, I, I don't know where this show is gonna go, but I'm I'm gonna power through Stranger Things. They're reminding people like, hey, this isn't for your children. Like, this well, is for you. it was before. Remember, yeah, remember <laughs> last season was super fun and goofy. Yeah. get them out of the room. That's like, what I think ultimately is probably what why they made episode no, but one. They planned this from the beginning. It seemed like they literally have planned it all so diligently yeah. that they had to submit this proposal to Netflix that was like 40 pages long oh, of course, detailing yeah. the entire plot of all the seasons and connecting them and all this and that so they knew what this was coming they were just yeah. luring us into this false sense of like you're fine don't worry yeah, and then it was just it was not. A, a rude it awakening it was in, a kind of one. insane thing to see because I didn't expect it personally No, where it was going to be that intense because that's horror. almost like it's like the boys level intense. So yeah. I went right from that to the boys and I'm like, I'm going to have some crazy ass dreams. Like my shit's oh. going to be weird. I thought the same thing, but I did not get nightmares. I'm very happy. Yeah. About it. I actually don't get nightmares from watching scary stuff, which I'm happy about. But that one, Say I was like, now. I was yeah, about to watch episode yeah. three and then get freaked out. Yeah, um, I get that. And then it's like I watch TikToks and it's like paranormal TikToks at 1 30 in the morning i'm like why are you showing me this now <laughs> just completely you just want things. me to stay on tiktok longer dude i think i figured it out okay i think that tiktok intentionally shows you scary videos whether it's skinwalkers paranormal shit all of that when it's late and they know you're in bed and trying to fall asleep so you keep scrolling that would be extremely logical let's try to think of something that's not as logical um, because they know there's ghosts in your house, <laughs> and they've sensed them. <laughs> they do they know? So they're trying to prepare you. They're trying uh, to educate you without alerting the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how? Okay, there we go. They know that there are ghosts in your house, uh -huh. and the reason that they want to inform you on what to do is because they want to keep you 
alive to watch their TikToks. That Boom. is, we had a circular thing there, brought us right back to the logical, <laughs> same exact thing, <laughs> logical revenue producing thing. I just can't <laughs> not be logical. Yeah. But there's ghosts in our house. I but, can't not be logical, but, but there's ghosts oh, and skinwalkers so, yeah, in this yeah, situation. These, is it? Uh, it could be because I actually have been on it and I've seen some really well produced, like legitimate movie quality horror kind of things. Yeah. Or are you talking some like History Channel ghost no, watcher no, no. show things? Well, I'm talking like hidden footage or like security cam. Or there's this dude, there's this one dude who goes live like every night. I don't understand it. And I think it's a whole bit, but I don't know who's in on the bit. It's kind of crazy. He slows down the footage. Like, it's, see, I'm not going to fall into the trap, but it seems <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not. But like the way he does it, it makes it seems real. You know, but I'm not. He, have you seen a ghost on his live? I've seen shadows and things. And he's so he'll be standing upstairs is the weird thing. Like he's on live. Oh, he'll be oh standing okay. so, so he's on live. So it's not like he's literally recording and stopping and all that. So he'll be doing live and walking around his house and he's on this balcony and he does this like all the time where he lives alone just with a dog. He'll be on his like in, internal balcony looking over his living room and kitchen and the chandelier is just going like this. It and for the folks, for the folks listening, which it's is just everyone, like ever it's just so moving. slight, yeah, like movement. And then he's like, "Oh, show yourself if you're doing this." And then you hear like a little creak in his bedroom, and he runs over there. And it's if it's fake, it's so incredibly well done that I want to be like this guy needs to get is, hired. Is somewhere. this guy? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is this guy like TikTok famous or whatever? No. No, he's got like 30,000 followers. But actually, that kind of makes it sad. <laughs> well, it makes it interesting I because that. I want to know like the. Well, actually, you know what? I want to know what's so, going on. Yeah, and he yeah. always runs out the door. Like everything ends with him like running outside going like. <laughs> oh, so like he's actually scared. So he's like genuinely scared. All right, man. Well, then move for one. Move, yeah. you know. Um, two. I, I will never put it past anyone. And this might just be like a, a skeptical thing. I won't put it past anyone to be good enough at something that they can fake it that well. Oh, yeah. For clout on the internet. Thousand percent. So I whether I he's seen got it, like a little it's possible, string, but but you you're saying little. like it's actually creepy stuff. It's it seems oh, no. to be live footage. So, it's this is the one page on TikTok, and I've seen a decent amount of them. There's like, oh, the skinwalker videos. It's like, oh, I'm in my closet. It's like, shut up. You got in your closet and recorded a video. Like, whoa, no, there's a skinwalker outside. Shut up. What, wait, this what's one, a skinwalker? I think this is like interesting. It, That's the only reason. No, no. So these are basically what I've learned about them literally through TikTok, where it's in like the Southwest or the Appalachian region, where it's an American, like uh, Native American folklore kind of thing where they basically mimic the human form so they can take kind of a fake human shape but they're not and they look almost like <clears throat> like tall ominous beings and then they they can't really talk like humans so all they say is like hey hey and if you hear that like you get run and spooked and then you go inside and it's like they kind of stalk you but it's weird it's, it's like weird a, uh, I think that's probably well, maybe it's what that maybe well, that myth is what the here's how you know based on. But the here's how you know it got like big because there's Legend of Skinwalker Ranch on Discovery Channel. Oh, okay, so it's it's a common like it's a, a it's pretty like famous a, yeah. It's uh, like a native kind of thing. It's a okay. very famous Native American folklore. It's just like a whole thing that people gotcha. are people in the Appalachia are like don't speak their name. I'm like, dude, I'm in Boston. I don't <laughs> Speaking of that, oh, you skinwalker reminds me of the- skinwalker. Ah, you skinwalker. Go to Wild Burgers. That's where you get your food. Not me. Stop eating me. So, Eat my dog. The skinwalkers <laughs> kind of sound like they're, you're not supposed to say their name. They only say hey. Kind of sounds like the knights yeah. who say ni. <laughs> like that little transition that was, there. That was good. That was Two. Good. No other than we are talking. Monty Python and the Holy Grail today. Yes. Something that I have admittedly 
not slept on, just it was not a part of my childhood. A lot of stuff that really? was part of my childhood was, I guess I would say similar comedy because it's just the absurdest, goofy, fun kind of deal that this has. This specific movie or the movies of Monty Python weren't really in my childhood, but man, did I enjoy watching this as, you know, it's obviously a comedy staple. Yeah, no, it's an absolute, if there's a classic that needs to be up on Mount Rushmore, it's this, because this is like the intro to what the fuck is going on and also just pure hilarity. Well, and it's crazy because it's almost 50 years old now. I mean, it's oh, and what, 47 or something. The bits in it are unreal. All absolute classics. Like every come single on bit already. in this. Literally, like they they have basically the entire cast when the guys anyone starts droning on in a bit or in a story. <laughs> come on already. <laughs> like amazing. Yeah, and I but yeah, so every single bit in it though has been referenced by every comedy great every, you know talked about like the the black knight scene is extremely famous even if you hadn't seen the movie you've heard about the black knight scene the tis but a flesh yep. wound when he has he's missing an arm um <laughs> the the one of my other favorite things was the lack of budget that led them to doing the coconuts with the horse oh, they're my just God. always rolling around banging coconuts together to make the sound of a horse. <laughs> and I love that it's not just the one guy. It's literally all of them all as of it progresses through, just like faking the horse gallop as they go. Oh, God. I grew up on the the bunny scene. The Basically, bunny like, scene is so That good. was probably the one thing that I remember seeing as a kid. And it's semi-traumatizing, but also one of the funniest thing ever, things ever as a child. Where you're just like, what is going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I also like about the bunny scene is that it it has a common... Maybe there aren't lines. Maybe it's not specifically a bunny. But that yeah. also, again, is referenced a ton. Just having the very seemingly harmless creature jump at you, be bloodthirsty, killing people. <laughs> Yeah, um, like nobody's came into the nobody's ever made it to the cave and they're like, oh, what's in front of here? It's just a funny. Yeah. Dude, so funny. Um even even down to something that I thought was hilarious, the and I could almost see this as feeling very contrived in this day and age, but back in seventy five, I think that it was just a kind of a first mover. Having yeah. the seemingly, I don't know what to call them, like lay people, the the people just putting mounds of dirt together, and then the one guy having very poignant political stances. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he throws you a sword, and now you're a political leader? <laughs> Talking about the value of democracy. It's amazing. It's amazing what they threw in there. Like, I would love to have been in the room with them when they're just creating this madness. And they're just like, okay. We're going to have some political commentary in here, but then we're going to have some people just fucking doing anything. Just completely outlandish yeah. and ridiculous. Like the the definition of absurdist comedy. And that's yeah. obviously what the Monty Python troupe is known for. They're very... It's the original smart, dumb comedy. Exactly. And it's done in a very interesting way because it's the entire skeleton and the the way that they portray it is so absurdist that that's where you get the goofiness that's where you get the silliness but then again you like to say that it's masked well or to you know i feel like nowadays if you have a smart dumb comedy it generally feels like it's all stupid and then you yeah. walk away being like oh maybe that actually had a point mm -hmm. that's not the case here like it, at least with some things when when you have the, I'll, I'll use the same example, those guys talking about democracy in a very academic way. The yeah. goofiness is that they're just random people that he runs into. But in terms of the the comedy of it, they're just kind of making points. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. And I feel like, I don't know, it's 
similar whenever i think about monty python like the troop i somehow like for some reason think of the harvard lampoon too where it's oh, just yeah. like there's that that smart funny connection but at the same time just you know having that association with being smart but at the same time being smart in such a dumb way that it's amazing well yeah i think that that that's i think the reason you probably feel that way is because all of those guys were probably they grew up on or idolized the Monty Python guys. Think about how long ago it was that Monty Python were actually making their TV show and making these movies. I mean, yeah. 75, that's why every now and then we revisit this really old stuff and we talk about the fact that it's very important to point out it, it when you rewatch it, it could almost be like, oh, this is overplayed. And then you realize mm-hmm. that it's not because this movie we're watching is the thing that gets reproduced yeah. and overplayed. So I think that that's, they've just informed a certain kind of comedy that we had become privy to afterwards. That, say, Conan, for instance. Conan yeah. says that Eric Idle is one of his absolute comedy icon legends like his you know someone he's looked up to that's in our generation conan o'brien whether you like it or not is one of the most influential people in comedy for our generation oh absolutely and obviously you that maybe the only reason i drew the connection is because harvard you know harvard lampoon guy yeah but all these guys like even Apatow. Apatow always talks about how he would watch, or maybe not specifically calls out Python all the time, but I know he has mentioned how Python was a huge thing for him growing up and, yeah. and watching it. Um, so they are obviously the the huge British comedy force <laughs> that establishes yeah. a an entire way of doing comedy. It's amazing to see. And I love that it pops up there. It pops up kind of everywhere in its own right. It's like where the groundlings pop up. It's like where every like every individual kind of troop comes into their own. And I feel like they were somebody to model after. And that's what we've seen constantly after this. And that's why everybody like our idols say that it these are their idols, yeah. which is crazy to see now that we have that kind of like distance from it. Where 1975 was almost 50 years ago. That's is- honestly that's what's funny is that something I hadn't really thought of before because I like listening to music from 75 and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I hadn't really thought of it until I went down to watch Python, and I, I seriously was like, 50 years is a very very long time ago to be yeah. producing comedy like this, um, something that you know feels very familiar to us yeah exactly because they're the first movers well we've net we were never around like we saw it 35 years late and we still look at it and go holy shit and it's still talked about i mean yeah to to say it's legendary is an understatement um and that's that's also something you said that i wanted to comment on was like our idols talk about this and that's something i always think of with stand-up like yeah. You can go back and I, I think it's almost harder. I think it's actually a lot harder with stand up. I think you can go back and watch these movies and it can always be funny. Stand up yeah. a lot of the time, especially back in the day, seemed to be a little more less evergreen, I guess. It it seemed mm-hmm. to be more of the time. And that's what a lot of people will say good stand up can be listened to at any time, and a lot of it is. But when you go back and I think it's just one of those things where you hear people nowadays saying, who are the greats? You mm-hmm. always start with George Carlin, Richard Pryor. And then back in the day, maybe they say like a, a Lenny Bruce or mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, um, like or the, you know, the even older guys. Richard Pryor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Richard Pryor. Yeah. Um, so that's something I think that you just kind of auto go to. And then I think it's the same way with Monty Python. With Monty Python, yeah. if if you're talking about either sketch or improv or any video-based comedy, they are the ones that get talked about almost first, like like yeah. the automatic George Carlin, Richard Pryor. Well, it's because it's 
if you haven't seen this, it's almost insane, you know, if you haven't. And if you don't get the little references from it and like it feels like everybody, no matter what, this is the one movie or the one group that's kind of lasted and, and been there for every single person to know. Yeah. 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 And I think that it's just one of those things like it, it with all those people that I was just talking about. You can be so familiar with them because they're talked about all the time yeah. that it almost makes you not watch the stuff. Yeah. You know what I no, mean? It, like it, I, it, you're so familiar with it that it almost seems secondary to watch it. You're just kind of there. and Yeah. And it, honestly, that's that is me with I, I've watched enough Richard Pryor. That's me with George Carlin specifically. I know exactly, and I've watched clips of George Carlin, but he has so many specials. That I'm, like, I'm not going to watch all of George Carlin specials. I know yeah. him because I watched, I, I know exactly what people say about him. And that's probably not fair. You, I feel like you always need to go back and actually watch it. And I think, mm-hmm. obviously, a lot of people did that with Monty Python. I just think that there is an interesting grouping there. Like, with with something so classic and so talked about, it almost makes it so people might be less likely to go and actually or check the, it out. Yeah, like they know it because they know it, not because they've seen it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which but, is crazy. Yeah, the the amount of bits there in Monty Python, it's, it's specifically the Holy Grail, um, I, I really like. It it just needs to be watched. You need to go back and, and watch mm-hmm. it. Give it a rewatch. Um it is more than worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Can't agree more. And should, should we go back to facts? Cause yeah, let's th- do it. Something that I think is very glaringly obvious about this movie, but makes it even more impressive that it stood the test of time after like 50 years, um, mm-hmm. is that it just had a sh- like shoestring budget, had no money. So, and, Maybe that's maybe you know depending on how much money you actually think, um, it is a lot. The way that they raised the money that they had and it mm-hmm. was through a funding round, and they got ten separate investors to get twenty thousand pounds a piece to fork in, and three of them. And I had mentioned by listening to some old music, three of them were. Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and Genesis, who actually had the um, Tony Stratton Smith, who is the head of Charisma Records. It was the record label that released Monty Python's early comedy albums. So that connection there had those three just legendary bands actually fund, or three of the 10 pieces fund Monty Python to the Holy Grail. Some of the best funding, some of the best. Kind of crazy. Wild. To me, I, I think that's so crazy. Yeah, there are two Brits separate, supporting Brits. Absolutely. And they're two separate mediums completely. And it's just like, yeah, we'll toss these guys some funds. Absolutely. Let's let's toss them some some stuff for a movie. And the movie ends up being this. Crazy. Wild. Also, to save some of that budget, <laughs> the extras for the wedding scene between the prince and his bride. The producers just asked some tourists visiting the Dune Castle if they want to be in a movie. And anybody who agreed was like dressed in all the medieval clothes and told to just join into the craziness that they were happening. Dude, that would be so much fun. I know. That would be <laughs> amazing. Fun. Who's going to say no to that? Who's walking by there like, you want to be in a movie? It's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't want you in the movie then anyway. I think that if they would tell me like, hey, it's a comedy movie and you're just going to join in on a ridiculous fun scene, I would definitely do it. But I feel like if I was, I don't know, if I was touring a castle and someone was like, do you want to be in a movie? I might be like, I don't know, man, I got some stuff to see. Yeah. (laughs) If it was for like like that Ridley Scott movie that 17 people saw, I don't know that I would get in full medieval garb for that. What was it? The Last Duel? Yeah, I'm not getting all dressed up for that. Yeah, you're not getting me in those... uh, those metal plates for that. Uh, Could I beat Matt by. Damon? No. No. <laughs> All right, then no. Bye, Ridley. I'm yeah, going to see a Marvel movie. <laughs> I feel like I feel like sometimes things have to... Uh, you you got to pitch me it if I'm going to be wasting yeah. time. Not so wasting what do time. I get from it, this? Yeah, um, exactly. If I knew that, that I would just join in on that 
fun scene yeah. then for sure but it is kind of pretentious of directors to think that they all they can say is you're gonna be in a movie and no other things come of it and you're like they're expecting you to be like yeah absolutely i bet a lot of people would though 100 percent. i That's mean obviously why, they did that it worked there were yeah. people in the scene oh absolutely it's got to be the right vibe though yeah no of course um so when I said shoestring budget, obviously 200,000 pounds back in the day isn't actually that small, uh, I guess, compared to, to what we see nowadays. It might be, but essentially what happened is they ran out of money. So <laughs> since they ran out of money, they couldn't really afford a really great uh, opening title sequence. So what they did was just had those the text title cards over black backgrounds and what they uh, ended up doing was just decided to make it funny and make it interesting was that they had the bit to write in just ridiculous Swedish subtitles, which I for sure thought that I was watching a bad version of the movie or something somehow. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I got this from, I think it was Netflix. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, this is on Netflix. I don't know what's happening here, but I forgot that they did that too. Yeah. Like, where are we going with this? Did I put on, like, Dutch subtitles by accident? Yeah, and then <laughs> like they just started getting point. really weird subtitles, yeah. and it was like, oh, okay, this is just the Python stamp. Yeah, they're just tossing us right in the uh, in the gauntlet. But <laughs> another thing that they tossed us right into was the joke of the knights riding around on their invisible horses and just clapping coconuts together, yeah. which is one of the best bits in the entire movie. And it's because it wasn't really a bit out of a, for the sake of a bit, it was more of a bit out of necessity because they didn't have enough budget to afford the horses. Yeah. So they came up with the idea, which is pretty ingenious from the old like BBC radio technique when they used to have stories and, and people doing things on the radio itself, using that sound as horses. They were just like, we can do that too but it's going to be through a video medium of just a guy walking around clapping these coconuts. Love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, and yeah, I, abs- I like that they had everyone doing it, not just. Yeah. You, you got to have full on pot committed. You can't have actual horses if this guy's just running around waving some coconuts. No, of course not. Um, another thing that happened, which kind of hurt their budget and hurt the the making of this movie is that on the first day, one of the camera bro- the camera broke. Not one of the cameras because they could yeah. only afford one camera. <laughs> so <laughs> w- they had uh, a quick fix, but the audio wasn't working. So they just had to do close-up shots the entire day until they could get the audio working again. So they had to think on their toes and it kind of made for a- apparently a really rough first day. It sounds like a horrible day. Can't be the start of a like it. It was the start of one of the most successful movies of all time in terms of staying power. Yeah, but it has to I suck mean, in the moment. You go to immediately filming a silent movie. You're like, I don't know that this is what I signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, we're gonna do a bunch of close-ups today. Really? <laughs> this I is this what was we're a doing Python on, movie on day one. And it was originally, which I mean, it was originally supposed to take place in the medieval and modern times. So it technically takes place in 932 AD, but has some modern characters, you know, kind of getting in and out. And in the original story, there was going to be kind of a more distinct setting where King Arthur is searching for the Holy Grail in medieval times and in modern London. (laughs) And in the end, the... Knight's round table would just be at Harrod's department store <laughs> in modern times. So they would just like bring it right back. Yeah. But modern times is in the 70s. In the 70s. Yeah, I like how they they just had that just, cop yeah. storyline running through. And obviously that's how the movie ended. And apparently also they they just didn't really know of another good ending for it. So they were like, let's just wrap it up this way. <laughs> so, yeah. so we could just keep it ridiculous. It still didn't even make that much sense at all. No, <laughs> so, it's, I don't I, think I like they went they into did this. It that way. I don't know that they went into this. They were like, we need a salient plot that's going to win us Oscars. Yeah. Like, we need... No. Oh, of course. Um, and also, so with the 
the page turning where they have the actual narration going on. Um, parts of that were actually shot in Gilliam's living room floor, and they and that's one of the the Python members. And his wife was the one who was turning the page at first, and then when the gorilla hand took over, it was him. So it was a a nice little DIY affair. <laughs> His whole movie seems like DIY affairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just literally. And I mean, one thing was the French soldiers in this. Yeah. We're kind of based on real history. So Cleese had the idea for like the taunting French soldiers when he read a book about the medieval troops where their sole purpose was just to taunt enemies before battle, which would be kind of an amazing job to have. Like you yeah. literally, your whole job is just talk shit before. I like to think about like the, you remember the Yo Mama MTV yeah. battle kind of thing? Like, like it was like wild it out, but Ow. when we oh, were yeah. kids, it was just people making Yo Mama jokes at each other. I well, like yeah. that, like a military version of Yo Mama. Oh, and he came up with one of the best roasts of all time. He's like, <laughs> and <laughs> wait, what was, I always, I always say it, yo, Mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. <laughs> <laughs> just just ridiculous stuff. Your father was a hamster. <laughs> so with this too, he combined like the Roman practice of catapulting the dead or rotten animals out at enemies and the practice of dropping, dropping shit on enemies yeah. when they attempted to drop the castle. But this one, they were like, let's just shoot. Live cattle, just massive <laughs> cows. Yeah, and then uh, they they launched the the horse at them when they were trying yeah. to do a Trojan horse, and then they forgot to enter it. He <laughs> was like, "Well, it's going to be me, him, you," and <laughs> they were like, "Wait, we're so not good. in it." And then he just comes <laughs> at him. Yeah, just goofy, fun stuff. Yeah, love this movie. Oh, um, incredible. All right, so. We will potentially be doing Jurassic World next week. We'll, see. we'll probably yeah. go see it um, if it's worth talking about. I don't know. I think it'd be fun to watch. Uh, but let us know if you're going to watch it, because if not, we'll just pick a comedy. But until then, I'm Kevin. I'm Winnie. And we'll see you at the next episode. I hope there's gigantic bees in the world now. <laughs> Jurassic World. Bee edition. Peace. Peace. <laughs>